we're going to have a look at Psalm 1 this morning. We looked at Psalm 1 last week. We're going to have a look at it again this morning. And before I say stuff, I just want to start by saying that I'm probably not going to say anything particularly new. I'm probably not going to say anything you've not heard before or God's not said before. But one of the reasons we come to church and we listen to people and we listen to tapes and things like that is to be reminded of stuff that actually we already know. So this morning, God's going to remind you of things. You never know, I might tell you something new. I learned something new this week. The ten plagues, each one was directed against one of the gods that the Egyptians believed in. I didn't know that. How old a Christian am I? Nobody ever told me that before. Did anybody else know that? Fantastic, isn't it? Each of those plagues was directed against the various gods that they worshipped. Fantastic. Sorry, that was a bit of an aside. So, although it's Psalm 1, although you've read it before, although we heard about it last week, this morning is today. God's word is living. And the Holy Spirit is here and is going to speak to each one of you individually into your life. I don't know how he does it, but it's not exactly up to me. It's up to you. Do you like how I've done that? <laughs> but it's, it's a lesson I learned as a young Christian. I used to go to hear all sorts of different people. And as a young Christian, I judged people straight away before I listened to them. And in my day, if a female got up to speak... I wasn't going to listen because I'd been brought up to think that females shouldn't speak. So that's quite alien today, I think, isn't it? Well, I hope it is because I'm female. (laughs) But try, whenever you go to hear somebody, try to put the, the onus on yourself to hear what God is saying and not judge the person. Right. Ta-da. So what does blessed mean? Ideas? Other words? Favour? Have you got your Bibles open? Goodness. Are there any other versions that say any other words? Happy? It's a gift from God. Gift from God? Prosperous. Okay, it's not a word we use, is it? So it's a bit sort of woolly in my mind. It sort of means blessed, but we don't use it except in Bible terms. So I looked it up, and there's loads of meanings. Bringing pleasure. Bringing happiness. I'm having to look because I don't know which order I've put them up. Prosperous. That was an interesting one. Fortunate. We don't like to say we're lucky as Christians, do we? It's it's sort of a a fine balance. Blissful. Bringing contentment. I think that's a nice one, isn't it? And my favourite one, 
favoured by God. And it, it sort of means all of that stuff. Okay. Maggie, would you read Psalm 1 for us, please? Thank you. So, we start off with this word blessed, which means all of those things. And it's a very practical psalm because it's telling you how to get that. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd quite like all of that. And there's not many givens in the Bible where if you do this, that happens because that's not really how it works generally. But we're told not to do some things which is a bit backwards, isn't it? Talks about not walking, not sitting, and not standing. And in my understanding, he's trying to encompass all of our what we do in our lives. It's much easier to think of the positive side of this. But it's about making a conscious decision not to go to the wrong people, not to be influenced by things. So, for instance, if you were deciding what to do about something reasonably major, a change in your life, your career, maybe asking somebody out, you know, a range of things, the people you wouldn't go to would be the people who don't believe in God. And you wouldn't go to people who would mock your Christianity. It's, it's quite difficult to get hold of not doing it, but it's, it's making that conscious decision when you're trying to do something not to go to the wrong people. It's a little bit small, but I think you can see those two people. They're sitting together, two of my favorite people. They're sitting together and they're very close and they've got a great influence on each other. Can you see it's John and Jill? It's John and Jill. (laughs) Sorry, it was very cold, so John likes to keep pee wrapped up. (laughs) It does look a bit like an alien, doesn't it? (laughs) Sitting with somebody gives that implication of closeness of getting very influenced by each other, which you are. Standing. There we are. We've got a beautiful family there, standing together. An idea of standing firm, standing together. When I was looking at sitting 
standing, walking, sitting, walking, standing it is. <clears throat> the positive side is actually Ephesians. So that's part of your homework. You read through the entire letter of Ephesians and get your head round the whole sitting, walking and standing if, if you read the whole block. And I would just say about getting into the Bible, we were talking about getting just a few verses or one verse and chewing on it last week. The other side is reading a big block and I think that there is very good merit in that because you get a, a picture. You might not remember the first verse, but you get an overall picture of, of what's happening. Particularly, I think, in the Old Testament, <clears throat> since I've been hearing it on a CD, to hear a big chunk of the Old Testament, you suddenly see something quite different to what you've seen when you've been studying a couple of the verses. Um, so standing, standing firm together, always being there, always being able to support each other. And then walking. There's a little girl there on a log, walking. Our lives aren't necessarily very easy. Sometimes we're balancing on logs. Make sure that the person who's holding your hand is a trusted granny. Okay? It's, it's about being, being positive instead of the negative. It's really quite hard to... to understand the negative, it's much easier to understand the positive, I think. So sitting, standing, and walking. Who influences you? Are you influenced by what's on the television? The news. The news is not necessarily as it is. It's somebody's slant on what's happening. We don't hear the, the true picture of what's happening anywhere. I shared um, a room with an Irish girl from Northern Ireland when I did university, and it was in the times of trouble in Northern Ireland. And I made some, she lived in Belfast, and I made some comment about how scary it must be, and she said, it's nothing like that. She said, the bombs are in a certain area, but it doesn't affect the rest of Belfast. So it was an eye-opener to me because all we ever see, saw on the news then was bombs and people getting killed all the time in Belfast and there was no way I was going there. <laughs> and it's the same, you know things in different countries that you know and you know what's going on in them and that's not what we hear on the news. So be careful about how you're influenced which will then make you make judgments maybe that are not right. And I just put that on as another influence. We watch films from when we're quite small and we're taught some of our morals through things like that. Well, be careful that it's not God, it's Mr. Disney or it's whoever else does the films. <laughs> a lot of them are about good and evil. So a lot of them have something to say about good and evil. Be careful what's in your mind that you've taken on over the years that might not be quite right. Just because it's like it is in the world doesn't necessarily mean that that's how it should be. And that was, I think, one of the things Jesus questioned a lot. The status quo said this is how it should be. And he was saying, yes, you say that, but I tell you this. 
And he was making them question and look at the stuff that they believed was set in stone. And it's not. Our influence should be God and godly people. And it's quite difficult knowing that we've had influences through our lives, through teachers, through film, through television, and more and more now through things like social media, to know where God's voice is in all of that, because we've taken all these things on board and we spout them out, and actually it's not God, it's, it's what we've been watching or listening or hearing from the world <clears throat> in disguise. So, when you're taking that conscious decision not to follow or be influenced by the wrong people, there are positives to turn towards. So, it's about how you walk, where you stand, and who you sit with. Fill the space from the bad with good. So don't just make the conscious decision not to listen, but fill it with the good. So go to your Bible, go to your Christian friends, um, trusted speakers, and things like that. Don't leave that space empty. Okay. Our delight is in the law of the Lord. Now, when I looked at that, I thought, well, when the psalmist wrote it, the delight that they had in those days was in the law that was given to Moses. And I thought, that must be quite difficult to sit and look at because it's not what we live by, so to speak. Yes, I don't mean that quite like that came out. <laughs> I, again, another interesting thought was that it says in there to meditate on the law of the Lord. It doesn't say learn the law and do it. So to me, there's a subtle difference. It's about reading the law, thinking about it, thinking about how it works, what it should do. And again, I think that's what Jesus was trying to say to the Pharisees. You've got this law and you're doing it because you've learned it, but think about it. It means more than that. And it doesn't quite mean this thing that you've, you've trapped it into. So that's where meditate comes in, I think. <clears throat> Meditation is brilliant. Does anybody think that they meditate at all? Yeah? Yeah? Do you consciously do it? Yeah? I think if you give time to God, (laughs) that's a lesson for you, not me, (laughs) where you can sit and look at verses and let your mind go, that's when God can really speak to you through something, I think. That's that's how I, I love to meditate. But there are less conscious ways that it happens too. 
some of the songs we sing, in fact, quite a lot of the songs we sing, are taken directly out of the Bible. And you'll find a song or a verse just going through your head. And think about it. Let it permeate into you and and let it teach you and let, let it say something to you. Get a Bible verse friend. Text each other a Bible verse. Get an, there's an app that will send you a Bible verse every day. Read a thought for the day. Anything like that. And through the day, if you've started the day with that, let it come back to you. And, and you can meditate like that. There's all sorts of ways to meditate. So don't think that you're not doing it because you're not sitting down and saying, right, I'm going to meditate now. That's a brilliant place to be. But it can happen all the way through your day, whatever you're doing. But you do have to put something in in the first place. (laughs) Okay. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. And blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. That's out of Psalm 119. In fact, if you were to read the whole of Psalm 119, it's quite a lot about the law of the Lord. Huge amounts of the history of Israel is about them following or losing or finding the law of the Lord. Um, I'm sure you all know about when they found it and they got very excited and they made everybody stand up and listen to it all day. Not something that I think we would do, and yet we should be excited by God's word. Um, We have now the whole Bible to meditate on. And Jesus came to fulfill the law, but we're not under the law anymore. So, although it would be good to meditate on the law of the Lord as given to Moses, it is good to meditate on the rest of the Bible. And we've had sermons, haven't we, from Nick, maybe, talking about Jesus' two commandments that he gave you, which actually cover the Old Testament um, Ten Commandments. So, Jesus hasn't ditched the old law. He's come to fulfill it and make it more meaningful so that you're not trying to follow set rules that you haven't thought about. If you want to have a look at that and go into the whole idea of the law of the Lord. If you go into Romans, Paul talks about that to the Romans. Um, In Romans chapter 3, he talks about um, that we're not throwing out the old law. So it's a whole other subject if you want to uh, have a look at that. And in Matthew 5, 17 to 18, Jesus himself says, I've come to fulfill the law not to get rid of it. We will be like a tree planted by the water, rooted, blessed. 
thought this was a lovely picture of chaff. It says, not so the wicked. And I thought, don't get hung up on who the wicked are because it's not your call. Know that God's got that sorted. But make sure you're doing the right thing. Otherwise, when the wind blows or when somebody just breathes on you, you'll be flying away like that chaff. So it's not about sort of going, yay, the wicked are gone. It's about making sure you're doing the right thing. I just want to read you this little thing that I thought was really, really good, and I've forgotten where it came from because I looked up so many things. Fulfilling the law of Christ is people-orientated rather than task-oriented. It focuses on relationships, not works of law. The law of Christ cannot be imposed according to an externalized written code because it is written in the heart of the Christian. A written code cannot encompass the law of Christ because it would need to encompass Christ, which is impossible. Christ's law is an internal principle and way of godly living that produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Under the old covenant, the Israelites lived according to the law of Moses. Under the new covenant, Christians are to live according to the law of Christ. The difference is love generated by the Holy Spirit. It is possible to fulfill outwardly the law of Moses without love in your heart. It is impossible to fulfill the law of Christ unless there is love in your heart. So that sort of explains a little bit about the law and how that works. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10 says for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days saith the Lord I will put their laws my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts and I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people that's us so I'm going to come to a close there because I'd like us to do a tiny bit of meditation if we can before the children come back in just to summarize be blessed so be all those fantastic things make conscious decisions about who or what influences you you have the tools in front of you read the bible wherever and whenever you can sing it pray it And then just to leave you with the last bit of that, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. What a promise is that? Right. You need a Bible, I'm afraid. So if you haven't got one, you need to get one. There's plenty at the back. Oh, lots of people have got Bibles. Fabulous.
Hebrews chapter 13. Um, verses 15 and 16. So read them. Read them again. Let your mind free. Read them again. I'm going to leave you a time of quiet and just see what God can say to you through those two verses. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 and 16. Right, we've just got just a minute before the children come in. Would anybody like to share what they've what's stood out to them? What words, what phrases, what meanings come to them? Of works and of praise. Yes. Yep. Balance. Did everybody hear that? Yep. Okay. I bet nobody else read that particularly, did they? 
No? Yes? No? What did you have, John? Anybody else? There's no right answer here. <laughs> Paul. Anybody else? Another thing that we do or say or whatever, but the ultimate is to please God, not man. Women certainly and God is pleased, but we're doing yeah. it to please God. Yeah. And therefore that should be more even if it is hard. Yeah. Anybody else? I think the children are going to come back in any second. That's that's just really encouraged me. It should encourage you because how many did we have? Four, five? All almost completely different out of two little verses because it's a living word that you can meditate on and that can speak specifically to you. So I pray that something, even it doesn't matter if it's what I've been blathering about, but something within this service or somebody has been the means of God speaking specifically into your life this morning because that's what he does um, and he knows exactly what's going on in your life and I think somebody said last week that, uh, I think it was Mike wasn't it he said has anybody got stuff going on in their lives well I did look round I think most people had their hands up it's life it's called life <laughs> um, Jesus didn't come in and say I've come so that you don't have stuff in your life he didn't say that sadly <laughs> But he did say he'd never leave us. That's it.